Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a podcast of one's own, Genesog's very own podcast. Um, it's the first podcast this year, well, this academic year. And before we get into the actual podcast, we just like to welcome everyone back to university. We hope everyone's settling in okay. And we're just going to do a quick introduction round, um, just saying our names and our roles and how long we've all been on Genswork for. So, Esther, would you like to start? Cool. Yeah, I'm Esther. Uh, I'm uh, your president at the moment and was last year as well. So I've been in Genswork since it started. So this is going into the third year of Genswork. That's crazy and amazing. Yeah, I'm Vitaria. I'm the secretary. I've also been in Genswork since the beginning. So I'm really excited to start this third year with Genswork. Yeah, I'm, I'm Aurora and I've also been with Genswork since my first year. So it's also going into the third year now. Yeah. And I'm Katarina. I'm postgrad publishing student and it's my first year on the committee but my second year in Jansok and I took over from Nicole uh, who was the communications manager last year and she did an amazing job and those are big shoes to fill but I'll do my best so um I forgot to add I'm the events manager <laughs> <laughs> that was Aurora by yeah, the way that was me also quite important and we're missing John who is oh, our right. treasure yeah. Uh, yeah, he's our treasurer. He will join <laughs> us for another episode, so you'll be able to hear his thoughts as well. But yeah. maybe next week or there. Hear some, something from our blue quota. Okay, <laughs> so... Um, um, yeah, intro to feminism. Um, I don't know about you, but when I tell people I'm a feminist, the first question always is, oh, why are you a feminist? Like, how did you get there? What made you want to be involved with gender equality activism in the first place and so for this podcast I just thought we'd talk about our journey to where we are now and about the steps and the phases we all went through because let's be honest we weren't born feminists (laughs) Um, so yeah we're just gonna break some of the ideas down for you to give you an idea where we come from what the society is about and also what you can expect to discuss this year in our weekly sessions on Tuesdays um And yeah, we'll be using some key terms and concepts, but don't worry if you don't know what that means, because we'll explain everything for you. And also on a side note, I wanted to add that the idea for the podcast came from another podcast, one of my favorites. It's a German one called Feuer und Brot, which means fire and bread. Um, So yeah, just we don't want to be stealing any intellectual property. Um, (laughs) If you're a German speaker, go listen to it. It's amazing. I love it. And yeah, so let's just dive into it. Yeah. First phase, um, the Femi what phase. Um, <laughs> what did you all think when you first heard about feminism? Because for me, I was just kind of like, well, women aren't, why shouldn't women be equal to men? Because they are in terms of the law and they can vote and drive and work. What else do they want? Mostly. Why they do are need? In, in the law. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Most of the time. Mostly, yeah. But that's what I thought when yeah. I first heard about feminism. I was like, why, why do we need it? Anyone? <laughs> um, I mean, for me, it was a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've explained a lot of times that I was born in a family where my mom, she knows never like feminist out loud, like she never used the term feminism, but I think that's more generational than anything else because yeah. she's now started using it too. 
but for me I didn't it wasn't a moment where I found out about it it was more of a thing that I've always held these ideals of women's equality and empowerment and all the things that now I understand come to feminism come into feminism it was just more a moment of understanding that there was an entire movement that I could join and mm-hmm. be part of and learn from because there was so much that I needed to learn I think my first feminist phase was very much the I'm not like the other girls phase mm. yeah we'll get to that mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've definitely grown out of that but I think that was the biggest like like the pe- like the key thing of my feminist phase was I'm not like the other girls mm. <laughs> I'm better than them because I'm a feminist did you ever like any of you as a child had did you ever have the feeling that you were treated differently because you're a girl? Because for me, it wasn't really like that. Like, I was no. always told, you're a smart girl, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But then, like, I remember some teachers and my parents were saying, maybe later on in life, you will find it find things more difficult because you're a woman or you will be treated different differently because you're a girl or a woman. And I always thought, that's not really a thing. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think uh, for me, it was uh, like I never really grew up with that so explicitly um, kind of apparent in my life that girls and boys. Well, I mean, in school, yeah, definitely girls and boys were treated differently, especially, I mean, in friend groups, but by teachers as well. It's very much the whole like boys will be boys kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But I don't think I actually thought that much about Mm -hmm. it until later on. Um, For me, I think it's been more about uh noticing patterns uh in my life but also in just in society where i feel like uh the, the playing field is just not equal for yeah girls and boys or um women and men and then from from there i kind of like it, it grew out of that rather than feeling like i was being mistreated individually in any way yeah i don't think i had any for me it was just always a given kind of thing I'll just like do whatever I mean whatever I want as long as it's legal <laughs> but like it wasn't ev- everything where I was like yeah I can't do that or I can't do this one so my parents always like brought me up very like do whatever you want to do like what's your goal reach that one that kind of stuff so it wasn't really a thing where I was like well I can't do that or where I was like oh my god I'm a feminist this moment like it wasn't like a momentaneous realization it was more of a over time I just realized well it's not everywhere like that and not everything mm-hmm. as well so, yeah, I don't know. And that we, as, like, white women in this day and age, in this country, are still, like, very privileged. Yeah. Um, oh, compared yeah. To, yeah. Compared to other women yeah. who might have experienced discrimination due to their, like, yeah. looks or sexuality or race or whatever class, so many factors um, mm. that come in. But what? why do you think um, feminism has... I don't want to say a bad reputation because I think it's changing a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I first, like my association with the term feminism was like, oh, those are just, I don't know, like angry spinsters who just can't get a man. And that's that's why they do it. Like they, that's where they, like all the stereotypes uh, yeah. that surround the term. Isn't I think that it's... why so many women just kind of reject it without really thinking about it? I think it is. I think it's definitely based on those stereotypes. But to me, it's always been just really... Like, I never had that face where Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, feminists are just these blah, 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 angry women. And I'm like, 
yes or maybe they are and that's totally like that was never <laughs> that just made mm -hmm. sense to me in a way like I didn't really see that as being I'm, I'm like yeah of course they're angry because this and this yeah like mm -hmm. that makes t sense to me I don't mm -hmm. understand why that would be something bad necessarily yeah. uh, they've got a good reason to be angry exactly. um, and I I just remember being like 13 maybe uh, and my girlfriends they would be like oh no I wouldn't say I was feminist mm. but I mean, like I'm I believe in gender like, equality, equality but... and I remember just being there like these are my mm. best girlfriends and I was just like yeah. I, I just remember that moment and I was like I obviously might have exaggerated a little bit in my head but I was like I, first of all I don't understand that but second of all I think it's also like they don't even th that was probably subconsciously for them as well but that they didn't want to associate with that word because it would put them in an even more uh, exposed position than mm -hmm. they already yeah. were being girls. Yeah. yeah. So like being an outspoken girl, that's like mm -hmm. even further away. But then, uh, but then that's also still perpetuating the mm -hmm. the the position that like the disadvantaged position that they had, which was so like confusing to me. But I was not old enough to really like make it a thing. I just think I just really didn't talk about it that mm -hmm. much. Yeah. I was, but it was very clear in my head. Yeah. Also, I think anger is perceived differently when it comes from women yeah, or when sure. it comes from men. Definitely. Yes. Men are like perceived as assertive and they know what they want, they know what where they're going, and women are like, oh my god, don't stop being so loud, you're hysterical, mm. or whatever. I don't want to mention her nine minutes into the podcast, but I think Taylor Swift said something. I was literally <laughs> gonna say. Really? Yeah. Um, have you listened to the man? <laughs> yeah, I think Taylor oh, Swift yeah. said something about it because obviously she... I don't remember exactly what she said, but she would say, said something like, men are allowed to have a response when I do. It's just perceived as like being angry. Obviously she put it in a much better way mm -hmm. and it was like two sentences and it was like direct and amazing and I'm just not as well spoken as she is, mm -hmm. but I think she... She she talked about it, especially with the promotion of the new album, considering mm -hmm. the backlash that she, she received for Reputation and mm -hmm. and her becoming outspoken for the first yeah. time. I think that's what she said, like, why are men allowed to have angry reactions? And they're allowed to, because yeah. and they're immediately so they're they're like, yeah. yeah. But when I do, then all of a sudden the media can't deal with that, basically. Mm. Maybe that should be our... Like little jingle in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, uh, yeah. Just yeah. Fine. No. Let's just let's move on to the second phase, the cool girl phase, mm -hmm. which I think we can all relate to. It's a bit heteronormative, I'll say, but um, yeah. So for those of you who haven't read um, *Gone Girl* by Gillian Flynn. Um, there's also a movie which I can recommend. It's quite a good in the depth of the no novel. Yeah, but it. the book is just the book. I think it's much better, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. So just go read it or listen to it as an audiobook. And yeah, the term cool girl describes a very particular yet familiar archetype. And I found a quote which summarizes it quite well. It says, be chill and don't be a downer. Act like a dude, but look like a supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, Jillian Flynn herself, she said, we all know what um, what we're talking about when we're talking about cool girls. It's putting up with machismo bullshit and smiling and nodding when you know better. Yeah. That's literally it. Especially that's, the that's when it. you know better When part. you know better. But why? I mean, I feel like we can all relate to that or we all know someone in our lives who went through that phase or is still in it or we never really 
get rid of it in a way. But why is that? Why do you think? Because I feel like men seem to think that this this girl, this stereotype actually exists. Um, well, men think while that whereas underneath men think that all of their aware. fantasies exist. Yeah. Like they make a fantasy of a woman in their head, mm. and they expect every female yeah. to like adopt yeah. it. Sorry, that was just me being yeah, like. No. But, but the question is why women would, why women are willing to actually try and fit into that role. Because it's Or, easier. Is it? I think, it? I mean, internally, identity-wise, I don't think it's easier. I think, but but when it's with other people for like, in Italian we have this way of saying, which is like for quiet living, to just to let things be as they are. To like not cause a disturbance. Yeah, so that that's easier because... And especially when I was younger, and I think this cougar phase comes when a bit, you're a bit younger too. Mm -hmm. You're in that moment where like everything is trash already because you're in high school and you hate life. And all you want to do is fit in. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to fit in as this loud, obnoxious individual. Mm. I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> Not obnoxious. <laughs> But no, I mean like from a political sense as well. Oh, like yeah. you should never let anything slide. But... My high, my high school class um, was full of these cool girls archetypes. Yeah. And I thought, you are so smart. Why can you not, like, be on my side when I'm mm. talking about, like, why should we accept this or this or that that happens to us? And you're so smart. You're such an intelligent girl. Mm. So empowered in some ways. And, like, I have a specific person in my mind right now. Mm. But then she would never, like, loudly be on my side. Yeah. Or she would just be like, but boys will be boys. Yeah. Because I think, and this is like absolutely like stereotypical and like a very very mean girl setting too, but it's that fear of losing that position of not power but of admiration from the boys mm -hmm. and the other girls, yeah. where I in that Which, position yeah. of appeal to both. But the thing is, ways. I think yeah. a lot of that appeal from the girls comes from the other boys. Oh yeah, appeal. like I mean, if, if yeah, you didn't yeah, yeah. have if you didn't have the respect and and sort of attention of the boys, then the other girls wouldn't look up to you in that way. Yeah, of course, so it's like, always it's all like intertwined. So cool girls, would you say cool girls act or trying to act more like guys because we're constantly told being a girl isn't good, like being a boy is way better. When we when we say like oh, because you fight like a girl, you run like a girl, those are insults, right? Yeah. No, no one I think wants to hear I think that. it's like very. Uh, complicated actually this like mm. cool girl stereotype because mm. very rarely do I think that the, the girls including myself at this point were like you're not unaware of it you know yeah. that you're making this decision right. and what you kind of tapped into before like we were saying that it's easier uh, maybe to fit into that role until you've broken out of it and then you realize wow it's actually much easier to not be in that yeah. role yeah. but it seems too scary before like it it doesn't seem like it's possible for it to be at the time easy. it feels like you can do it but looking back when you think about your i don't know your boyfriend or whatever he expects you to be home with him on a saturday night and eat like five pizzas and a burger but obviously you have to maintain size zero and look like a victoria's yeah. secret model like that is it's an it's impossible yeah, i think i think it's also 
the appeal of the cool girls also just because we're pushed constantly to appeal to men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So as the cool girls kind of like push to be that ideal, mm-hmm. you're like the guys, but you look amazing. That kind of like yeah, yeah, like all the positive attributes of men, so but also you're desirable like, by men. Subconsciously, you're like, okay, well, somehow everyone like it's always pushed that everyone needs to have someone. Yeah. So it's yeah. just it's like, very, okay, very, let's appeal yeah. to the men. It's also true. To like it's get that also one. what we see in series and movies yeah. all the time. But we can't forget that those are directed by mostly male directors. Of course. So the male gaze <laughs> comes into the yeah. game as well, where women are portrayed like from a male perspective as or presented or represented as sexual objects. Who appeal to like a male viewer? I also think that's the woman that, according to the male media, is empowered woman. Woman, sorry, mm. yeah. the woman who can mm-hmm. do it all, that has it all. Yeah. The woman who is fit and she goes to the gym, but she can also like burp and like mm. be comfortable in her sexuality to the extent that the males can, in surrounding her can benefit from her yeah. comfortability and her sexuality mm. you know the the character the person i was actually sorry this is like i was talking to about this with my lecture today for my dissertation and she was actually the one who introduced me to this concept saying like how many women in advertisement in like in commercial in in movies and everything are empowered because they can ha- do it all you know because yeah. they are mm. not only they are feminists but they also you know like but they're also not not only they are like strong and can like lift weight but also like to wear makeup you know it's mm. it's this idea of like the empowered women woman sorry according to the media is the cool girl yes you know? but i think it, you really touched on the important part mm. earlier which is that this and this is uh seen as something positive as long as it can be benefited from by but what am I saying yeah. I know what you mean though. yeah as long as it's a benefit to men like as long as it doesn't yeah. go too far exactly um, as long as you're not stronger than the men yeah you're allowed to be yeah yeah not equally strong but I think I think be. it's very yeah. like it's really difficult to kind of mentally get over the um kind of hindrance of being like just igno- embracing being disruptive Mm-hmm. And trust, like, there's a lot of trust in it as well, I think, as, at least in my journey. As long as you start breaking out of a stereotype like that, you have to trust that you're going to meet people and have new, like, other friends and connections that will meet you there. But I think that's the scary part for, especially when you're younger. You're like, if I start speaking up on these things, I'm going to, like, lose all my friends because yeah. I'm going to be so uncool and annoying and mm. uh, such a disturbance. Like the quotes. And then you're you still, like, that fear. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So let's move on to the next phase. Um, I called it, or, well, the podcast list too called it the glass ceiling, or they talked about the metaphor of the glass ceiling, mm-hmm. which is a concept I feel... Most of us have heard of, but I'm just going to quickly summarize what it is so we're all on the same page. So the glass ceiling is a metaphor used to represent an invisible barrier that keeps a given demographic from rising beyond beyond a certain level in hierarchy. It's often used in reference to um, barriers in careers um, of women or people of color or other minorities. Um, and yeah, it just prevents them from advancing to the top of 
let's say, corporate company or whatever. And the invisible barriers that I talked about are a metaphor to describe the circumstances that women or minorities undergo um, when they're trying to simultaneously um, advance in their career and also in their private life. So to juggle your job or your family, your relationships, everything at the same time. Because let's be honest, if you're a woman who works full time, which is what you need to do to be independent from your partner, um, and you have a family, you will be asked, oh, but who takes care of the kids? What about your kids? <laughs> who picks them up from kindergarten or school? And men are very rarely, I would say, asked that question. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. And what I like about this metaphor is that it's not just about the job. For me, it came to a certain point in my life where I just realized that I am treated differently because I'm a woman. Or, and mm. that's not just in like a career or a job, but also in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about, yeah, relationships or just body shaming, um, slut shaming, sexual yeah. harassment. The list goes on and on. All so. of it kind of ties in really. For me, when you, when you uh, like define the glass ceiling in that way, like what is, what is it that keeps mm. kind of, keeps women from yeah. reaching that that, that, last, that step last step or whatever yeah. to me it's really the way i see it is that the the last kind of puzzle in there that we're missing is that we're still all struggling with internalized sexism and i think that is the glass ceiling for us because if if imagine if all women just did not internalize hmm. yeah. misogyny, misogyny yeah. we would and like i I, I believe we would be able to like we would have the power to get to that stage then yeah. but I think it's it's our like what we're taught that's ingrained in ourselves of our own limits mm. that makes it much more difficult and that that goes into uh, like feeling like you're a good mother shaming yourself exactly. for not being a good mother for not having the perfect body in in society standards for not being a good enough wife for not excelling in your career it's not just Maintain that other people are with your friends, everything. Yeah. Because I think people could crush through those barriers if they were kind to themselves. But if you're judging yourself for all those things while everyone else is judging mm -hmm. you as well, then then there's like no possible way to kind of break through it. I think you mm -hmm. have to to stop the the cycle of internalizing it in order to to deal with the society imposing it onto mm -hmm. you. And for that, I think it's crucial that the perception changes. And that can only happen if there's a representation, an appropriate yeah. one, in the media and in society, which now um, is really getting a bit better, but still. It's um, funny that you're, like, it mm. definitely is getting better. Mm. But now that I thought of it just now, is it just me or is it, like, getting slightly worse again? Like, yeah, like I, you know I what I mean? I don't think it's getting worse. Like, it's getting better, but there's a backlash as well. Like, it's very, there's like, always a backlash. I, think I think it might be because it's... I think it's Like, mm -hmm. it got, there was, like, a moment, maybe 2015, I would say 2016, where representation was so big in the media. Mm. Everything also, was on the... and everything. Right, yeah. and everything was so big. And then it reached a point... And now we're still like at the plateauing. same level, but it's like, we should progress though. Yeah, like, we're on the same level, but not enough anymore, you know? Yeah. I feel like 
I don't want to rush through this so quickly, but now that we're at it, I'm going to talk about the next phase because Mm -hmm. it ties in really well with what you just said. Feminism as a trend. Because I feel like when feminism entered pop culture and a very defining moment, I think, for everyone was when Beyoncé's Flawless came out, Mm -hmm. where she quoted, um, we should all be feminists. Yeah. Um, Or everyone should... And that was empowering like I yeah the entry (laughs) definitely like it's it's a really good book um it's written by Nigerian author and I have to write this down because I can I can never memorize it Shimamada Ngozi Adichie yes she is incredible yes she is incredible and so yeah um I think the upside of the whole Beyonce like feminism and pop culture in pop culture thing was that people just gained confidence in using the label for themselves mm-hmm. and that's yeah. obviously a good thing and people found out who maybe wouldn't have read the essay yeah um, yeah and I think you sorry no yeah. no I was I, just gonna say <laughs> that obviously after that there was a lot more effort to um, incorporate those ideas in series and and movies and stuff I'm just thinking about yeah. the show Girls I don't know if you've watched it Yes, it's no, produced yeah. by Lena Dunham and starring Lena Dunham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very controversial. At this very point. controversial, <laughs> um, and I agree. And but for me, it was mm, kind of had like a Sex in the City moment, which obviously, but like isn't the most feminist yeah. show. But at the time, it was yeah. like it was a breakthrough that women to- talked so openly about their sexuality. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like that was that was a bit like girls for me because they talked about. Like everyday, like everyone's, like normal problems that concern real women. Yeah. And it showed that our problems are also worth talking about. Yeah. Just it's in in series and movies. I think that is something that's Mm. super interesting right now, especially with like the whole movement of sex positivity and women sort of reclaiming their sexualities. And that is a big, like, that's a big step. And that's been a big movement and still is. And then it plateaus again, hmm. but you keep thinking about it, and then you're like, "Oh shit, we're still now appealing to the male gaze, even though hmm. we might be we, we might be acti- like performing this activism and engaging in it for our own liberation, hmm. but we're still like, even though we don't, against our will or not, still hmm. catering to the male gaze. So it's like it's <sighs> just. Yeah. I mean, it's a journey. I mean, there's always, like, an upside and obviously a downside as well because for... When we when we talk about feminism as a trend, we can't forget that. We can't forget about, like, capitalism and that <laughs> feminism was sort of commercialized by a lot of companies and all of a sudden you had the girl power T-shirts everywhere and it was, like, all of a sudden it was cool to be a feminist but at the same time not really because whenever something's capitalized I feel like it weakens the movement it was cool to be a feminist but but and then you have a disclaimer I think that but I don't hate men yeah like that disclaimer is just like the most annoying thing I actually like I think that was a really good move on the capitalist side to claim the movement themselves so you can be a feminist at their own terms yeah. You can be a feminist in the way that H and M gives you the the, the, the definition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. But if not, if if, if you're like, but then you're but otherwise just you're just a like femi- a sh- femi- like you know? a shallow 
thing now where yeah. there's no it's a shell behind of the movement anymore. yeah because people exactly. don't know about it anymore it's just and oh I, my god I love that mug I'm gonna buy that mug that says girl power or the future is female yeah. like and we what's the forget, meaning behind yeah. that we can't forget that feminism isn't a trend yeah. and that we have to defend our rights and fight for our rights constantly if we don't <laughs> want to go back and yeah I mean if we look at the fact like who who's who's the most powerful person in politics at the moment? Like, the freaking president of the United States is Oof. a racist, a fascist, and a misogynist. And... I'm gonna cry. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to make you cry. No, but, like, oh, it's just... You, um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Sometimes you think It's about really, it like, never... Like, oh. I think a lot of... The danger of... Um, the sort of capitalist claim on fem- the feminist movement is that um, it it can then be the word feminist and being a feminist can be claimed by anyone uh, but no further sort of research is done like no one mm-hmm. actually yeah. goes back and reads that essay mm-hmm. no one actually educates themselves on that issue they're just like okay but I'm putting this label now so like we're cool I'm now like yeah. politically correct um, whereas I, I mean what I think Gensock, especially like what we're about and what we want to, and at least what I always hope to get out of our sessions is to kind of like get past that, that part of feminism and get through, through to the history of it and the theory Mm. and philosophy and like, and the actions. Yeah. Yeah. But talking about politics, I think we can move on to the next phase. Mm. Which I think we all... Um, I feel like I'm very much still in that phase, the killjoy phase, mm. where once you've seen all the issues, you can't unsee it, and all of a sudden you feel like misogyny's everywhere, everything's potentially problematic, and oh, yeah. yeah, you feel like, oh my god, is it ever, is it ever going to get better, or... Oh my god, I feel like I go in and out of that phase. Like, it's a roller coaster. Every day Mm. I'm like, oh no, oh, I'm so angry. I'm so motivated. We're gonna make this right. And then some days I'm just like, there's, like, there's too much. We can't fight this. Mm. (laughs) You know, and that's, those are the worst days, I think. When it's just like, should I just go back to the cool girl stereotype again? Mm. Because it's easier, because this is draining all of my energy. But then it's kind of like, then you get up on the roller coaster again and you're like, but then I feel yeah. that there's not really a way back for me anymore. No. Like, I no. could never not have see an issue is. with like yeah. all of the things that I see and that make me really angry. And I'm just trying to use that anger because it's powerful. I feel like yeah. women's anger is what drives I love women's forward. anger. It is powerful. Yeah. yeah, I think once you're like aware of everything, you can't really like just can't see it. blend it out. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think the the cool girl face is really that like that's when you're internally dipping your feet in the water like you're aware of some things but you're like st- keeping yourself consciously in denial but once you've passed that then then you can't really go back to, to yeah. like <laughs> denying it like oh I don't know yeah it also con- con- like constantly unfolds more like the more you like you know something and then you're like you can't stop thinking about it yeah. and then you notice that pattern somewhere else and you're like mm. shit <laughs> like but i feel like it's also like gensock's also a great place to connect with people who come just from different 
point of views. And I mean, feminism doesn't equal feminism. There are a lot of different ways to practice Mm -hmm. it and a lot of priorities obviously people have. And especially when we talk about intersectionality, Mm -hmm. I always find it very eye-opening to talk to women of color in my life, my queer friends, because I feel they just give me a different perspective on certain issues that I haven't really considered yet. I feel like that taps into what Esther was saying it too, like the fact about like everybody can claim it, can claim the idea mm. of feminism, and there is. I think my killjoy phase is deepened and made worse by the realization that there is so much misinformation, disinformation. I don't know how to say it yeah. in, in mm-hmm. English, but false information that is spread around by people who claim that they are feminists, but they do nothing but damage mm. the movement because. Nobody actually goes and read it. Nobody actually is, like, in activism. And then you read, like... And I'm talking about, like, all different, like, point of views. I'm I'm, I'm just, like, referring to one specific thing. I'm just saying, in general, like... Because it's become such a trend. It's just... It becomes confusing because then the only thing that the media pays attention to is the... Like the superficial version of the superficial mm. version of, of feminism, yeah. the hashtag of men are trash, and then mm. that's all that gets picked up by the media with yeah. all the you know, like oh, yeah, the type of thing. Whereas there is so many more, mm. even the you know, there are so many other hashtags that are viable, like yes, yeah, so or women, you know, like all other mm. things that he are basically she, you know, saying the same thing, but they're looking at it from a different perspective, from an actually informed and yeah aware perspective Mm -hmm. so i think i my currently my phase and my constant struggle is trying to make my way through this movement that has become so vast and so not defined anymore i think people are picking too much at words if people paid less attention to the like terminology that we use and made an effort to think about the the actual like thoughts underlying Mm -hmm. it and the philosophy and the and the theory about it, then we wouldn't have a problem. Then people would be like, I mean, we can discuss feminism over over different languages, for example, yeah. and then the yeah. terminology doesn't matter because we're on the same level of what we yeah. know what we're talking about because we've all like, you know, we, we can meet on on theory level of things, but that doesn't really happen when it's so like media centered and yeah. hashtag yeah. based. It, just, it becomes yeah. all about yeah. the words. Because yeah, I've I've met so many people who are like, yeah, I'm all for gender equality, but I'm not a feminist. I'm like, well, it's just a terminology thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't yeah, matter in the end so as long as they have the actions. Exactly. Like we were like, when you when you asked them, why are you not a feminist? Oh, because mm-hmm. I don't hate men. Yeah. And I was like, well, me either, where, but... Like, where did you get the idea, babe? Like, who told you that? I mean... I didn't receive yeah. the memo from the from the leader of feminism that we hated men today. Like, I never got the news, but that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. it's so full of different voices, and which is good, because obviously we want to make it accessible to everybody, but at the same time, we're losing the core. We're losing the fight. Why we're doing these... Like, we're not just set here so that we can reward ourselves with a monk that says the future is female. We're doing yeah. this because it's we no. want to, like, have a better future for us. That's important. For yeah. our daughters, for for everybody, for just our sons. You know, just like be able to breathe, you know what I mean? For everybody. Like, it's not just, like, about us, you yeah. know, sitting in this room anymore. It's, like, it is a fight and we need to remind ourselves and that... And it's not over. That's the important exactly. thing. Exactly. So we just have to find a way to 
practice feminism. We just have to find like a feminism that works for us in a way. And talking about the last phase, individual feminism, I just want to say how important it is to pick your battles. Yes. You can't fight every fight and you yeah. shouldn't because there are situations where it really just doesn't make any sense and it's just going to be really draining and yeah you you still want yeah, to go back still to the be protective of yourself yeah, yeah. 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 like self-care is draining. important yeah. your mental health always comes first so and then also um what i think is really important to mention guilty pleasures are okay it doesn't oh, make you a bad feminist we all have a thing like if you want to listen to rap music or whatever do it you know it's just if you want to watch friends you can do it no i won't watch, watch friends so. <laughs> friends yeah <laughs> don't watch how i met your mother that's like the worst show oh, ever yeah. for me but yeah maybe that's a personal thing we totally yeah. lost like a lot of potential new members <laughs> like, no i don't watch friends no. <laughs> oh yeah no it's just i feel like people are being also like self-proclaimed feminists we're all like being very hard on ourselves because yes. we expect feminists to be perfect which exactly. they obviously aren't yeah. we're because all it's humans. a movement yeah, it's, it's dynamic a, it's, also, yeah. it's a learning process like, of course yeah. you don't it's always honestly, know and everything that's so important and that's a point where i want to encourage new people to come even if you don't if you even if you haven't read like all the books about feminism even if you don't, if you don't really know what a it single is one, you know? you're like if you just want to make friends it's a great yeah. way to make friends and learn yes. new things along go the way go to the pub after yes plug plug no but honestly we actually have so this is our first episode of of the academic year and it's so exciting and uh, to have to have started this i've yeah. loved this and i also want to say that we're all like at different stages and mm-hmm. a different path and different journey because mm-hmm. shall we not forget that being a feminist means that that has to intertwine with every other aspect of your life in a sense yeah. mm-hmm. that is not like obviously harsh on yourself but it means that it's not just something that oh on tuesday on tuesdays i'm a feminist but then on wednesday morning i'm not anymore it's, it's so it's important also to notice that if in one moment of your life you're not where you know where the rest of the movement feels yeah. like it is mm-hmm. and it takes you longer to educate yourself and inform yourself on, mm-hmm. on different things exactly. that's so that's important and that's fine yeah. and and maybe you're like wait i don't understand why we're i don't understand why this can be problematic although i don't like the, the word problematic for lack mm-hmm. of better wording that's okay too to just say wait a second okay i'm gonna take a step back from my mm my role and just read up on what other people are saying and form my opinion mm. and that's what's the most important thing is just and, like yeah. educating yourself and too. also no one expects you or us to have all the answers exactly no. we just want to talk uh-huh. about it because that's the only way we can educate ourselves and if you make a mistake um don't beat yourself up no just apologize honestly and try to make it better next time but yeah, no exactly. one's no one's going to kill you for using the wrong term or the wrong pronoun if you just don't know any better yet then brings me to the fact that we have a council culture session at some yes. point in the term yeah. where yes. i think we're we gonna tap on this on, too yeah call it and cancelling um that's gonna be interesting <laughs> and <laughs> yeah so just try to be inclusive and consider that there are intersections of marginalized marginalization discrimination um and just try try and be aware of that yes. and try to be 
aware of your own privilege, I would say. Yeah. That's the main thing. And Jensok for us. And um, you will learn so much. Like, just yeah. respect everyone and mm -hmm. you will get respected back. Yeah. Yes. And we would genuinely welcome anyone who's mm -hmm. even got, like, the remotest interest in <laughs> getting to know us and learning more about feminism. Um, yeah. We've got our first official session on Tuesday, the mm -hmm. 24th, and it's going to be a really good yeah. one. Do you want to talk a bit about that? I'll just yeah. quickly... Mm -hmm. uh, Tell, tell everyone what it's going to be about. It's, we've invited Dr. Holly Davis from University. She's currently a um, researcher at University of Edinburgh, and she's focused on sex and gender, sex work, um, the like, like linguist, like the way that we use language around those things, criminology, social deviancy. She's very like well versed in everything. She knows so much. Uh, and she's going to come and have a guest interactive discussion with us on Tuesday. So please do come along. Um, We've it's also gonna be invited Queer Napier, I think. Yes. 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 We invited Queer Napier as well. So it's going to be like a loosely co-hosted event. Uh, and it's in A55 yeah, at Merkiston Campus at 6.30. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to wrap up the session by thanking all of you for joining me today for our first podcast your thank stars you. and <laughs> yeah um thanks for listening and we'll all we hopefully see you all on tuesday, tuesday. yes Whee. bye